Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Friday beckons the weekend. Hello and welcome to the locker room where we preview all of the weekend's action. My name is Michelle Kwete Quino and I have for you a buffet. First side from Australia where we've already had two big casualties in the Aussie Open. When the story unfolded. Defending champion Rafael Nadal sends back an early and his defense closely following behind Kaspar Ruud, second seed of this year's Open. Both casualties of Americans, Mackenzie McDonald sorry, and Jensen Brooksby. However, no such problems for Novak Djokovic and more impressively, Andy Murray. Memorable nights here in Melbourne of anyone's lifetime. Andy Murray somehow masters Kokonakis in the greatest comeback of his career, in the longest match of his career. Yeah! 
5 hours 45 minutes. That's how long it took Andy Murray to overcome Thanasi Kokinakis. He advances to the third round while the Australian packs his bags. Well, quite not. <laughs> but definitely, we will do some football as well. Despite a resounding Manchester derby win over City, a result which saw the Red Devils pick up a spot in the Premier League's top four, Manchester United approached this weekend's crucial tie with historic rivals Arsenal with a bit of a limp. Facing the league leaders after a deflating draw away to Crystal Palace and also without the services of this man. Being told by Casemiro and Casemiro adds his name to the score sheet. Marcelo, que la vuelve a colgar, segundo palo. It's um, a really important play for us and it's one of the reasons we are in a position where we are now in. He's doing a magnificent job for us, but last time we beat Arsenal without Casemiro, so um, we have to do it Sunday again. Fighting talk from Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag, but Sunday will decide. We have a full preview to that game as well as the weekend's other top fixtures. The two alien clubs, Chelsea and Liverpool, face off tomorrow at 12.30pm. Big, big three points up for grabs. We'll look ahead, but there is boxing. in his first title defense of the WBO Junior Featherweight World Championship and an amazing start he's off to as he scores the brilliant knockdown. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Come to me. You good? Yes? Let's box. Can he finish him? Dog Bay, the young, ferocious champion who first on the scene. Big left hook comes raining in. Oh, and another one. Otaki trying to secure himself. Look at this barrage from the champ. It is over. That is it. A first-round TKO title defense for Isaac Dogbay. Successful title defense from Dogbay against Hidenori Otaki, but he later on lost the WBO Super Bantamweight title to Timano Navarrete in 2018. In 2019, Richard Comey lets the IBF lightweight title slip through his hands and ever since, 
Ghana has been without a world champion. Four years on, three boxers, Dodbe, Kombe and Emmanuel the Game Boy Tego are the country's realistic chances of annexing another world belt. And to preview the 2023 boxing season, Joy Sports Nathaniel Atso sat down with Dodbe, who fights Cuban Rubesi Ramirez for the vacant WBO featherweight title. Fight comes off in 10 weeks on 1st April. But first, here is the exclusive sit-down with Nathaniel Atto. Thank you very much for joining us for this special conversation. My name is Nathaniel Atto. Now, in getting into the sporting year of 2023, uh, the big focus for Ghana is where to get the big laurels on the international stage. In the sport of boxing, Isaac Dogbe definitely stands out in terms of who will be leading the charge to get us there and get us within the relevant spaces in professional boxing. At the last count, he had successfully, uh, you know, grabbed the WBC International Featherweight title and at the same time completed a final eliminator for the WBO featherweight title. So, is he the man? He definitely is when we're looking at where he stands now in terms of rankings and, you know, generally the exposure and where he finds himself within the boxing uh, ecosystem. Isaac Dogbe is my guest for this conversation and we want to look ahead into the year of 2023 and what it has in store for everybody, himself and the fans all over the world. Isaac, good to see you. Pleasure. Mm. And you're looking real well. I see, I see you've had a good, you know, I mean, uh, good relaxation and all of that this, this holidays. God has been great to us. So <laughs> we are always, I'm always thankful. Great, great, you know? great, great. Yeah. Look, I, you know, I've been doing some thinking about the last two and a half years and I mean, where you found yourself, you know, just before COVID, you know, the soul searching, the reorganization and wanting to get back into the ring, the processes you went through, moving up in weight and all of that. Um, you're putting all of these together and you're looking at where you stand now, which is on the brink of another possible day of greatness. Where does it position your mind? Where does it place you psychologically? I'm only thankful to the Lord Almighty, you know, because as many people know, and if people don't know this, I've always accredited my success to God, that God is the one that makes me possible, the one that makes my everything possible and everything goes, you know, everything be success, be a success in my life. And, um, you know, the last two and a half years, yes, we've done a lot of soul searching, we've done a lot of clean up, we've done a lot of, you know, restructuring and reshuffling. Um, a lot has gone into, you know, the whole process. And I'm particularly thankful to God and, uh, you know, and also, you know, I would say I'm also proud of, of the man that I am becoming, you know, in terms of, you know, putting everything to practice. Mm. Because at times, you will never know your capabilities until you're thrown in a deep end, in a deep water. And it's a situation where it's either you sink or you swim. So I, I would... And this, in this particular moment, I'd really love to think that I'm swimming, and I'm swimming really good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. But I know things, yeah. look, we have to give thanks to God and um, the people around me as well. Um, I, I've always said that, look, Isaac Dugbe isn't Isaac Dugbe if it's not for the people around him. You know, if it's not, you know, um, 
it's always it's it's, it's always about uh, about the collective efforts of everyone, the efforts that each and everyone is putting into me, and you know I can't I can't take all the credit for myself. Mm. So the movements and the happenings within the division have been pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at. Uh, the, 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 the vacant spaces, look at what's happening in the WBC, for instance, where um, you also have a very big opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, the WBO, which has been home because that's where you became a champion for the very first time. Yeah. Um, what's, what's been the most striking thing for you in all of these? Well, you know, um, COVID came, but God being so great, we sailed through. I had a comeback fight, which was a success. You know, first fight with my new team. You know, praise be to God for them. And, uh, you know, second fight came along, another tough fight. You know, still catapulted me into the boxing scene, you know, to, to let people know that, nah, as a dog, still has something to offer. You know, and, and boom, another... And then two more fights came. And in those two fights came the, the titles, the WBO International title and then WBC International Featherweight titles, uh, plus the final eliminators. Yeah, um, you know, uh, it, was, it was one of those things where God has helped me, pushed me, and placed me in a position where I could either go here or go there. You know, but as many boxing, many boxing um, uh, aficionados would would know, when a when a champion from the weight below moves up weight, moves moves up in weight, they get the first pick. You know, for the for the you know to challenge for the title because they're champion in the in the weight below. And in this case, um, Stephen Fawson, who was the WBC Super Bantamweight champion, who actually unified. Um, champion at the VB, um, you know, in the Super Bantamweight division, he moved up, and you know he had to get the first pick at the WBC featherweight title, you know, which um, had me at number two, and uh, Figueroa at number one in the WBC, and you know vice versa in the WBO, I was at number one and Figueroa at number two, and so with that being said, uh, the WBC ordered me to fight um, the 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 former champion. Mark Maxayo for a final eliminator to fight um, for to fight the champion between um, Figueroa and uh, Fulton. So I mean, and also the opportunity is already there. I already qualify in both organizations, so it makes sense for me to go to the BBO and fight for the WBO World Title in featherweight. And um, I mean, it's interesting how things are going. And uh, I mean, I don't really mind wh whoever I fight, provided there's a title on the line. You know, I've always been that guy, you know. I don't mind where I go. I don't mind who you throw me in with. I don't mind whatever organization, provided, you know, there's something big on the table. Yeah, throw me in there. And um, I want to prove my greatness. I want to I prove something. I want to I make sure, I want to, you know, let people understand that, nah. I'm here to stay. I'm not here to just make numbers, you know, because every time I go, I step in the ring. I'm out there to give my best. I'm out there to, to show that, nah, I walk with God and um, 
God has given me everything. And I just have to go there and just represent myself and the people. Standing between you and becoming a two-time world champion, obviously, is uh, Rubaisi Ramirez. Mm. Um, we had a successful, you know, announcement of, of, of this fight yesterday at the African region. And, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at a few things. What the fans always look out for, which is, how tough is this opponent? How good is he? What is he bringing to the table? This guy is a, is a two-time, you know, Olympic gold medalist. And in, in the boxing world, I mean, it's a very big deal. Yeah. Um, where do you stand when it comes to, you know, the assessment of your opponents, especially for an important assignment such as this? Um, are, you, are you viewing him like you, you viewed Jesse Magdaleno some years ago, or you're, you're in a completely different frame of mind? So long as there's blood flowing through every person, everyone is beatable. You know, he's a man like I am. I have no, I've, I don't think any ways about him. And at the end of the day, it's a fight. You know, the only thing is he prepares, I prepare, we go out there, put in a great fight. And um, my thought is I'm going for a win. You know, I'm not going there to make numbers. Yeah, he's he's had um, he's he's had uh, he's won two gold medals at the Olympics. Congratulations to him. You've been there. I've been there. I didn't win a medal at the Olympic Games. But yeah, you won a world title. I won a world title. <laughs> you know. There's been times where the odds has been against me, but God being so great, I came up on top. You know, the same thing happened with Magdaleno. You know, Magdaleno was a hot prospect. You know, they were looking to push him. You know, he was like the poster boy. And I was fairly the guy that was, you know, supposed to be the sacrificial lamb. You know, but I came up and uh, I knocked him up into the title. It will not be any difference. You know, um, like I said, I believe, I believe that God has given me everything and uh, I just have to go there and just do what I do. And at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be, you know. Yeah, he's done great for himself. I commend him for it. He hasn't fought anyone like me. You've got about eight weeks, which is the standard time to get ready for this fight. I mean, when you, when you cast your mind back, um, what are the, 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 the probably similar things or the, the uh, similar occurrences as you're building up to this fight? Uh, between now and the time when you won your very first world title? Preparation. Mm. You know, now it's, it's, a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, I'm a bit more matured now compared to when I was, compared to when I first fought for the world title. Um, I feel as though now I, I, I can, I manage my punches a little bit better, a little bit more. Even though every now and then... As in I'm, the punches that hit you? No, as in the punches that I'm throwing. That you are throwing? Yeah, very like well. my... Um, Your output? My output. Okay, very yeah. well. I'm now thinking more. Mm. You know, before it was more sheer aggression, more sheer strength, you know. But each fight, every fight comes with its own challenges and its own differences. So it's all about... It's still the same mentality, all about adjusting, listening to my corner, and executing. Mm. Now, 
tell me about the relationship with uh, you know your sponsors, how it's gone so far. You've this is this is about the the first major like you know deal, commercial deal that you went into as a as a professional boxer. Um, they've they've been solidly behind you. We've seen your images all over the place and all of that. How's the relationship going? You know, two two and a half years can can really do a lot. Mm. in a person's life, especially in my life. You know, it's really done um, amazing. And uh, my team have worked tremendously hard, you know, um, securing this deal, um, bringing it to the table and, you know, just working with uh, Niche Coco and, uh, and all other uh, sponsors who are also present. Look, it's amazing to have, for them to recognize the hard work that we are putting or we put in um, over the years. And, um, you know, moving forward, now it's not just Isaac Dugby. It is Isaac Dugby and Niche Coco moving forward together. You know, it goes to show that, yeah, corporate Ghana is seeing the efforts that we are putting in. You know, we can only thank God and thank the people who paved the way for us. And now we are also carving our own niche in the market of boxing. And, um, you know, in a few years to come, there's going to be more exciting fights and more exciting fights. And we are hoping that in the, you know, in the near future, rather than going out there to fight, we'll be bringing the fights here to Ghana. That's a, a very important point you've raised. And um, I personally am also looking forward to that. Um, in terms of the timing, I mean, you're out there all the time. How close do you think we are? Because People are yearning for that kind of entertainment in this side of town. I mean, if, I mean, people are coming all the way, you know, for, for the holidays, going to all of these big music festivals, then boxing should be able to catch it. Of course. How um, soon do you think this can happen? Looking at the resources available and the way, uh, you know, brands are positioning themselves with resources and all that. Well, look, given the current economic um, situations, I think we have a little more time, you know, because corporate Ghana has to come on board in order for we to be able to bring those fights here in Ghana. You know, um, over the years, whilst I was fighting in Ghana, I wasn't getting paid. You know, I, I have had about, I had about over 10 fights in Ghana. I didn't get paid, but people, you know, when you're winning, everyone thinks that, oh, why is it the best fighting? Oh, well, he's making a bag. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, getting, he's getting checks. But it's not like that. It's a sacrifice that we have to do. But if we have to bring people from over there to come here, corporate government has to come on board fully, you know. And uh, the government has also encouraged corporate government to also get involved. That way, we'll be able to do that. Other than that, then, I mean, the fight in itself is tough as it is, you know. Um, we put our, our lives on the line just like, um, each, each, each time we step into the ring. Yeah, people... I believe that people of the, 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 the public is ready for it because if they can pay a certain amount of money, you know, to go to all these other festivals, you know, in Ghana, music festivals and stuff, yeah, they'll be, it's, they'll be more likely to also pay to come for the fights because it's like we are bringing America to Ghana, you know. It's, it is that time, it is that time where people are patronizing their African spirit. You know, that Ghanaian spirit, that, you know, 
people people are people feel that you know what there's a time that we need to come together you know we need to support our own we need to make our own things we need to you know do things on our own and it, it yeah, people are believing in it yeah we we start we started it you know we took our culture over to America we're fighting playing drums and everything showing them our culture yeah they loved it because they see that this is different you know it's not it's different so now it's, it's it's about we attracting them you know and already the country the nation is so it's, it's already you know it's already open for that you know for the people to come in the only thing that's left is to put money on the table and let us put the shows on and I know the public is gonna also jump on it it's been a good journey in terms of the the light that top rank has put on your brand um, how is it looking like going into the future the relationship with top we have a great relationship you know I'll forever be grateful to top rank Bob Arum and top rank incorporation because they were the first major you know promotional company to give me that highlight you know to really put me out there and I'm grateful for grateful um, to them you know because if they didn't offer the opportunity then you know it would have been different I, I mean nobody knows what the future holds because I believe that the future is in the, it's in the Lord's hands but I believe um, I believe that you know uh, they really did a great job and I thank them so much and you know for over the years I've been with them five years you know and uh, giving though through my losses you know usually usually when when a fire loses your contract get cancelled <laughs> you know oh. so for me I've been really highly I've been highly favored you know and God has been extremely merciful and uh, I'm really thankful Mm. Because they see, they see the the talent that I am. They see what I bring to the table. They see that when I enter into the ring, I bring excitement. And TV networks love you. You know, it's all about a TV network. It's all about the numbers. Because if if you're fighting and people are talking about you, yeah, that's what attracts. And I'm, I'm grateful. They talk about the the toughness of the terrain, um, you know, in the featherweight division. I don't know what your assessment is because, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I mean, I'm thinking about the Mike Sayos, I mean, Ramirez, yourself, uh, you know, Navarrete, all of these names in, in this division. Very, very tough terrain, isn't it? I mean, uh, I mean you, you've had the benefit of uh, uh, the two <coughs> places, you know, the... Um, uh, the, the super bantamweight and the featherweight divisions. What do you yeah. make of the, the level of competition and the toughness of the terrain there? You know, at this level, everyone is a shark. Mm. You know, at this level, that's what, that's what makes it, that's what makes boxing boxing. It's like, it takes you back in those days. The days that, you know, there were the four kings or the five kings, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, uh, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hans, uh, you know, these guys were like fighting among themselves. It's like this person goes, that person goes, this person goes, this person goes. And then there were, you know, the um, the uh, Muhammad Ali, the George Foreman, the Joe Frazier, you know, and all these other guys. So it's more or less like, okay, 
Now, that's what propelled boxing, that's what put boxing on that pedestal. You know, so in our era, we, it's, it's not our turn. There's one fight that people still talk about till today. Otoro Gatti and, um, and, uh, and this, uh, and, and Irish Mickey Ward, you know. People still talk about that fight till today. People still talk about Mike Tyson today. People still talk about Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, you know, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran. People still talk about Mike Tyson, Joe Frazier. People still talk about Azuma Nelson, you know? So you think about Milva, you see? So this is the time that is, is gonna make boxing or boxing is, you know, because now we see that, okay, these people, this, this is a tough division. Now, if these guys are fighting among themselves and they are not cherry picking, it makes the sport great. It makes it crazes that excitement. It brings the, it makes the people like really come together. And that's 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 what I want to be in. I want to be remembered, you know. I want, after one day when I'm when I'm done with boxing, I want them I want people to watch my fights and be like, yeah, we remember that guy. Do you remember that guy? You know, he came from Ghana, you know, like that's that he was tough, he was good, you know, he went into some great fights. That's what I want to hear, you know. So, I mean, I want to get into the big fights. I want to get into the exciting fights. I want fights that are going to be challenging, you know. So, so win, lose, or draw, I know that, you know what, I also, um, I also added my quota. I also contributed my quota to the sports of boxing, you know, for the other people who are coming, the next generation, to also see that, yeah, you know what, I'm not just going to, I'm not going there just for the money, you know. I'm going there with pride, I'm going there, you know, with dignity, I'm going there with, with you know, with the, with the knowledge that, listen, I'm going there to make it, not just make the numbers. You know, some people, they fight, you know, some of our little brothers, you know, here in Ghana, they've got good records in Ghana, but then when they get onto the big stage, they run around and they don't, do, they don't really do nothing. That's not, the, that's not the message I'm trying to send over there. I'm trying to show everyone that, listen, you can fight. Your future is in your hands. It's either you take it or you leave it. If you want to go for it, then go out and get it. It's up to you. But if you just want to be a mediocre fighter, then it's also up to you. But me, I want to be great. So when I go, yeah, I don't think about any other thing. You know, I put my life on the line because I know that, yeah, once I survive this, my name is going to be written in history. Isaac, I, I speak to, you know, basketball players, they're always watching the NBA, footballers, coaches, they're always watching football and designing tactics and all of that, even in their leisure time. Do you watch boxing in your leisure time? Unless it's a fight of interest, or unless I'm looking for something. Like? Research. Okay. Or a potential opponent or somebody who inspires you or something? Yeah. Okay. Every now and then you get a nudge, you know, and um, you get a nudge to watch certain kind of people, you know, to, f to see where you are lacking, you know, to see where you can improve, to see what they are doing that you can also add to your arsenal, you know, um, and also unless my teammates are fighting. But most of the times I try to take my mind off boxing. I try to, uh, you know, spend more time with my family.
take my mind off it because it's already stressful as it is, you know, and uh, you just want to have a free mind because when your mind is refreshed and you get, back, you get back into the ring, it makes things very, very different. It's like going on a holiday and coming back and you feel refreshed and um, that's, how, that's how I do it. In wrapping up the conversation, Isaac, I want to focus on Rubaisi Ramirez um, and March 18. You're going into an intensive training camp, right? Of course. Very well. Um, how's, it gonna, how's it gonna play out for you? I mean, I know that normally when you're in Ghana, you like to do, you like to do a bit of conditioning, keep the mm. body in shape and all of that. It's still the same thing. Mm. Nothing changes. Mm. You know, my coaches are out there in DC. So, yeah. Back, my sparring partners, you know, my teammates are waiting, you know, and um, once I get back, back, back to the ground. Look, the, the fans, the people, I'm sure that, you know, in these last few weeks, on your holidays, you come across a lot of them and they'll probably say a word or two to you if they have the opportunity. Can you share some of them with us? Well, you know, um, I actually... What are the common themes that run along the things that they say to you when you meet them, especially in these, these days? Hello, champ. We're <laughs> waiting for our title. Go and get it for us. Okay. You know, so it's always positive. When it mm. comes to me and uh, the general public, it's always, it's always been positive. Mm. And I'm really grateful because it's like um, they've seen me grow. They've seen me mature. You know, from the time since um, 2015 where we started campaigning in Ghana. And uh, God being so great, you know, all the media houses have also contributed highly to my success. You know, um, sending out information, you know, and, uh, you know, and the public also reacting, receiving it, you know, in a positive way. We've all done, they've, they've, they've really done great to me. You know, and they continue to inspire me. They continue to motivate me to to do better, because it's like I shouldn't say this, but I'm, I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it because I feel it is also important. Um, before I went for the for my first world title, I believe that uh, um, sports in Ghana was a little bit down if I should say. In terms of achievements we're making achievements internationally. And things, All right. yeah. And it's like, okay, now it's just come back again. You know? Again. Yeah. We're expecting many great things to happen at this World Cup. Yeah. But yeah. What happened happened. Now it's back again onto boxing. And it's back again onto Isaac Dugby. You carry that responsibility. Comes back to Isaac Dugby. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a big shoe to fill, you know. So right now, all I can do just focus, keep my head down, get back in training camp, train the best that the best way I know how, get into the ring, fight the best way I can, and you know, by God's special grace, come out victorious. With the title of March 19. Yes, sir. Isaac, thank you so much. Thank you. And all the best with preparations. Thank you very much. Well, so um, Isaac Dogbe there, and uh, he's been uh, taking us into his mind and uh, taking us through 
what he's been doing in terms of positioning himself in the last two years, getting himself ready for this second big date. Well, this is the date when he could just stand up to become a two-time world champion. From a Ghanaian's perspective, you definitely are saying a big amen to that. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us for this conversation. We'll be back with another very big one. Uh, thanks to the whole production team as well. My name is Nathaniel Atta, and I have love for sport. Great set down there with former WBO junior featherweight champion Isaac Dodby. Looking forward to big things from him and the rest of the country's boxers, starting off with Jacob Dixon, who clashes with Cuba's Lena Perez for the vacant WBO Global Cruiserweight title in France. We'll bring you updates on Sunday Sports Arena and Monday Sports Center, but we do the tennis now as the Australian Open is seven minerals. Defending champion Rafael Nadal crashed out two days ago. Closely following him was second top seed Kaspar Ruud. Meanwhile, Andy Murray survived a scare early this morning. Five hours, 45 minutes was what it took him to overcome Thanasi Kukinakis. And while Novak Djokovic made it into the third round, he had his own ordeal in the first and second rounds. So what exactly is going on in Australia? That's what we will attempt to find out. The story unfolded. Mackenzie McDonald topples the defending champion here in Melbourne. The finest afternoon of his life. And one I'm sure that will be one of the most emotional as well for the 27-year-old American. He has worked, he has strived, he has overcome injuries himself and he is fully deserving of this moment. It is the biggest win in Brooksby's career. He takes that world number three, Kasparov, in three hours in 55 minutes. Joining me now via the phone lines for analysis is Raymond Coombson, closely associated with Joy Sports. Hello Coombson, let's head right into it. Because shock is almost everywhere you look, beginning from Rafael Nadal, the Spaniard after extraordinary comebacks last year, especially in the final where he had to rally from two sets down against Daniel Medvedev to win the 21st Grand Slam title. Here's the showers very early this year. Exactly how disappointing is it? And was it expected? Well, for Nadal's defeat, it was expected from my end because I, I felt looking at the circumstances surrounding his victory last year and this year's tournament, Nadal was not fully prepared for this year physically and uh, game-wise. So heading into this tournament, I felt that the farthest Nadal could go was probably a semi-final, or even a quarter-final run. And looking at how PCD Australian Open Court are. It was very difficult for Nadal to be able to cope with these big hitters, these players who, who hit very hard. 
So it was expected from my end, even though he got injured in the second round defeat against Mackenzie McDonald. But it was expected that Nada would not go far in this year's tournament. But with world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, out due to injury, Norway's Kaspar Ruud was one alongside Stefano Tsitsipas, many expected to go all the way through. And after reaching his second Grand Slam final in last year's US Open, it was legitimate to expect big things from the 24-year-old. So where did it all go wrong? For Kaspar Ruud, if, if you know his profile very well, he is a natural clay court player. He's a clay quarter. And one thing that is peculiar about clay quarters is that they mostly suffer when they play on PC courts, like hard courts, like grass courts. And just like if, if you've seen how Nadal plays, Nadal thrives when he's playing at the French Open, the slow clay courts. Even in uh, in US, at the US Open, he, he, he performs very well because the hard courts there are not as pacey as the ones in Australia. So for a player like Kasparud, if you look at him last season, he had a very fantastic season. But his runners-up campaigns were at the French Open and then the US Open, places where the courts are very slow. So coming into this year's Australian Open where the courts are, the courts are very pacey, they are very fast. I, I didn't expect him to, to perform so well. And for him, I think he's giving much more credit than he deserves. If possibly, if he's playing at the French Open or the Roland Garros, where you can really place your money on him that he's going to perform, he's going to have a deeper run. But at the Australian Open at Wimbledon, I'm not going to bet my coin on him. So Kumsen, after these heavyweight eliminations, are there any lessons for Djokovic? He's chasing a record-extending third Australian Open crown. But are there any reasons to be wary? Yeah, sure, sure. He, he can pick lessons because now you can see that most of the big guys are falling. Even today, uh, play, a player like Daniel Medvedev was also ousted by Sebastian Korda. And Daniel Medvedev, last year he was a finalist against Nadal. Uh, I think uh, the year before he was an, a finalist against Djokovic at the Australian Open. But this year he has been ousted in the third round nadal in second round castle Ruth, just as you talked about in the second round even yesterday players like um taylor fritz were all ousted in the second round so djokovic should be worried and he had a scare in the second round against um, enzo coquette yesterday so he needs to be worried but a player like novak djokovic you can't really bet against him when he's playing at the australian open when he's playing at down under you'd expect that Novak Djokovic will get business done. Although he's nursing a hamstring injury, but I expect that he's going to sell through. And looking at his quarter of the draw, now uh, his half of the draw now, there is no Kasparu, there is no Taylor Fritz, there is no Diego Sebastian Schwarzman. It means that a lot of his work has been cut out for him. Now he has to contend with a, a player like Gregor Dimitrov tomorrow in the third round. If he's able to overcome Gregor Dimitrov, a player who is also very much in form, then it means that the only threat to Novak Djokovic in that half might possibly be uh, an aging and a player who just recovered from hip injury, a player who has a hip metal in Andy Murray and Andy, uh, Andy Rublev. So these are the two guys who might pose a threat to Novak Djokovic going for it. If he's able to overcome uh, Gregor Dimitrov tomorrow in the third round, which a match which I expect Novak Djokovic 
to 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 sail through, but it will be very difficult because Gregor Dimitrov is a player who is very much in form. Moving the conversations forward, Andy Murray overcame Kokinakis in five hours forty-five minutes, his longest ever game, and albeit twice coming close to winning the Australian Open, he's part of a list of players currently in the competition who are yet to pick up an Aussie Grand Slam. Which of them are you tipping to go all the way? If it were to be some three, four, five years ago, I would bet my money on Andy Murray. That if Novak Djokovic is not winning, Andy Murray should be winning. But unfortunately for Andy Murray, he now has a metal hip. And it will be very difficult. And especially looking at how lengthy his matches are at this year's Australian Open. He played a marathon five-setter against... Um, uh, Matteo Berrettini in the first round and he played against the uh, Tanasi Kokinakis yesterday another marathon second round match and you, you, you ask yourself how long is he going to spend on court because you need to keep certain matches short but if he play, continues to play these marathon matches it's, it's his metal hip going to be able to hold him, him up heading into the crucial moments of the tournament and that is one thing that I doubt about Andy Murray's sustenance as to how his metal hip is able to con uh, sustain him heading into the latter part of the tournament but uh, outside of Andy Murray uh, possibly a player like Stefano Chichipas who has been in the final before but I don't really trust him that much especially against the big guys like Novak Djokovic and uh, outside of those players I don't see any player possibly uh, Nikirios, but he also pulled out of the tournament uh, just on the caps of the tournament starting. So looking at how things are shaping, I'm going to bet my money on Novak Djokovic to win. And there is a lot at stake for him. Uh, there is a 10th Australian Open title, that is the Norman Brooks Challenge Cup, a 10th one at stake. At the same time, he has the chance to tie Rafa Nadal on 22 Grand Slams apiece. So, I think uh, with Nadal out, everything is in favor of Novak Djokovic to win his 10th Australian Open title. Let's wrap up the tennis now, Kumsin. And while the men have had lots of casualties, the WTA has had only a handful. Coco Golf saw off a Maraducano two days ago. Will the WTA be a more straightforward field? Yesterday, unfortunately for Africa, Ons Jabbar also bowed out to Marketa Vondrosova of um, Russia. So it means that the world number two is also out in the second round. She was not able to overcome Vondrosova. It was a three-set defeat for, for uh, Af uh, Tunisia's world number two, uh, Ons Jabbar. So it means that there's another major casualty in there. But Looking at how things are shaping, I think I'll bet my money on the world number one. She's the most informed player on the WTA circuit. Last season, she won two titles. That is the Coupe Suzanne Lenglen at the French Open or the Roland Garros. And then she also won the US Open as well. And uh, battling for her first title this year, that is the Daphne Akhez Memorial Cup. I think she needs to tie certain players. Now, she's just one Grand Slam shy of tying a player like Naomi Osaka. And I think for the young girl from Poland who emerged on the world stage in 2020 when she won the French Open, it will be, it will be a very big uh, uh, leap in her career if she's able to win the Australian Open this year. And looking at how things are going, although she's also just like Rafa Nadal, a very good clay court player, and you won't expect her to perform so well 
on on the fast paced courts like it happened at the at Wimbledon last year. But looking at uh, players left in the draw, I think that if she is able to go further in the in the, the tournament, the the, the trophy will, will definitely be a stake for her. And she is one player that she has that winning mentality. She has that mental toughness. To, to deal with the pressure and then everything that comes with being world number one, being the favorite to win a tournament. And if she's able to handle herself in that regard, I'm sure a fourth Grand Slam title will be <laughs> on its way. Thanks for your time, Kumsin. Thank you too, and a very good evening to your listeners. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room. You're still live in the locker room on Joe 99.7 FM. Name is Michelle Kwesi Kweno. The boxing is down. Tennis is down. So definitely, we now have to do the football. We have just some 10 minutes before we hand over to the weekend warmer team. But there's a big one coming on this weekend. Manchester United facing off with Arsenal. And this is a big, it's a big one, not just because of Arsenal's title hopes, but also because Manchester United are the only team, or is the only team to have beaten, you know, the Gunners in the Premier League this season. And even Manchester City failed to do that. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a very good one to look forward to and to see how I nearly said Graham Potter because I'm a Chelsea fan. We have to see how Eric Ten Hag can, you know, get his troops around this Arsenal team who look just to be firing with a Ghanaian in their ranks, Thomas Partey. We have, you know, our guest on the line, Bruce, an Arsenal fan, and Justice, a Manchester United fan. I'd like us to get their thoughts, but first, let's just, you know, build ourselves into the big game we have this weekend. And there goes the final whistle. Arsenal celebrate their back top of the Premier League. It's a big win for them, and they deserved it. They were the better side for long periods. Chelsea didn't do enough, and Arsenal very good at the back. Chelsea nil, Arsenal won.
Yes, Derby Day win for Manchester United in the Red Devils. But this weekend, it's a different fixture. I have my guys on the line first of all, Bruce and Arsenal fan. Bruce, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good evening and good evening to you all, listeners. Obviously, why wouldn't you be good? You are sitting top of the Premier League table. How does it feel right there? <laughs> how does it feel on top of the Premier League table, Bruce? Ah, I mean, it feels good. Like I, I keep saying week in, week out. For now, we are enjoying where we are. We are not seeing our champions yet or champions select or we want to win the title. The most important part is to get back into Europe. So we are comfortable. That's all. Um, I remember weeks ago, uh, even just last season, when we used to speak to you on Sports Arena, uh, you, you, you kept on saying, even, even early this season, that we should not think of us now as Premier League contenders. But all of a sudden, it looks like you, your team is the team to be. Even Pep himself has admitted it. Well, well, yes, our team is a, is a team to be because we are the team on form now. And I mean, I didn't want us to have like our fans to put pressure on the team because they're a very young team. And this is a team that is continually building. I mean, today we, we signed two new players, one an experienced player, one player, to a young upcoming player um, who's sort of gotten some exposure. We are, we are still building because, I mean, we are coming from somewhere. Now we are a team without even depth and we are trying to expand on our depth. So. It's a gradual process. If we are actually on top now with what we have. All right, all right. Great hearing from you. But let me move the focus over to Manchester. Justice, are you on the line? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't sound confident. Are you already losing the battle? No, oh, not yet. <laughs> I mean, uh, we are very confident of what our team can deliver. Uh, we have shown signs of what we can we can become as a team. And we expect a very confident display against us now. Right, um, I, I like the tangent on which you started because when the season uh, commenced, Manchester United were nowhere near the top four. You are looking like a banter club, the way Charles is looking at the moment. But all of a sudden, you look like <laughs> you are getting the, uh, you know, Alex Ferguson, Manchester United back. And how is all of that? How has that transition happened? Uh, was this something you expected or you think Ericsson Hag is working his magic? Uh, I mean, he's, he's a good coach. He has showed uh, what he can do with us now and in the... Netherlands League. Uh, we only needed somebody who can push us up, somebody who can let us feel like a team, bring the best out of our players. There were obviously going to be beginnings like that because it's a new environment, a new atmosphere, and a new crop of players. And now he has been able to institute uh, some kind of rhythm for the team, and they are corresponding to such such rhythm, and the results are coming here. We are really impressed. All right, okay. Impressive from you and your, uh, yeah, the Red Devils. I'm sure Manchester United fans will be so eager to see what happens this Sunday. But Bruce, yeah, us uh, now after losing out on Mikalo Mudrik, you've gone out for Trossard. I'm going to ask you wh- how you think he's going to improve your team and the holes he's going to fill for the Gunners as you look to closing on the Premier League title for the first time since when? Can you rem- can you remind me? Um, see, um, like I said earlier. Somebody like Leandro Trossard is somebody. It's a player that's going to help us. All right, um, all right. Bruce, just hold your horses. Before you speak, let's just listen to your your, your head coach. Okay. Marteta, yeah, let's do that. Well, we are really happy to have him. Obviously, he's a player that we have um, followed for a while now. And uh, the opportunity came. We have the necessity, obviously, to have a player in the front line that is versatile enough to play in different positions. Um, he knows the league. He has enough experience here. And I think he can have immediate impact in, in the team. 
Bruce, I'll come to you, but let, let me let Justice have the first take on this. Justice. Okay. Yeah. Leandro Trossard, good signing for Arsenal or not? Can, can you come again? Leandro Trossard, is he the person to take Arsenal to the next step, the next level to ensure that they really close out this Premier League title? Justice? Hello? Justice, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. So, Trossard, do you, do you see him as a player, you know, either uh, Premier League rivals have to look out for, or he's just another guy who's just going to add up to the numbers? Um, he has shown prospects as um, Brighton. And as now are playing in some very good form right now, I think a new player at all who, who joins them should perform accordingly. He has the talent, and I think he's a, a great addition to this particular Arsenal team. But then uh, it's not really a scare. I mean, he's coming from a mid-table team to Arsenal. Let's see what he can he can provide. We are not scared, uh, honestly, for Manchester United. We are not ahead of this game. We don't even think he will feature. But if he should, uh, we are not really ready. We are not really, really well, at certain his, uh, at certain his press conference said uh, th- there's a high chance he's going to feature. Uh, no, maybe not in the starting eleven, but he's going to play a role. So, Bruce, yeah. Um, realistically, where where is he going to strengthen your squad? Because a squad with Saka, a squad with Martinelli, uh, yeah. you know, in Ketia, and you know, you have Jesus still on the sidelines. Uh, where yeah. is he going to fit yeah. for you? So, so a player like like um, Arteta said. Uh, Somebody that gives us a versatile. As I said, we beat last time. Right. So what happens? What happens with him is he's a player that can play on the left in place of Martinelli. He can he can come in on the right, and he can even play as a striker sometimes, like he did at Brighton. So having him just gives us many options in any aspect because so he came in, we didn't have somebody to even replace Saka when he's injured because Reece Nelson is injured, and uh, what we call him Martinez isn't. So much of a Premier League pitch right now. All right, okay, and you know, while us now you are getting reinforcements, it seems that Manchester United are going to miss a key. No, it seems obviously you are going to miss one big player uh, this that weekend. One is an important one for us. <laughs> let's 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 listen to what Ten Hag has to say about it. I'm Arsenal without Casemiro, uh, so as I said, we beat last time Arsenal without Casemiro. Uh, so, oh yeah, we have an idea how to do it, yeah. Do you have a best we've been with Arsenal since then? Because that could have gone either way. Yeah. Do you remember anything that beats them in the league? Yeah. Uh, it's obvious they, um, uh, they are in a really good run and I think they deserve in the position where they are now. Uh, it's a really good structure. Uh, how they play, there's a really good mentality, winning attitude in the team. But uh, it's, it's up to um, us to really to beat that run, and, and it's one um, of the reasons we are in a position where we are now in. Uh, he's doing a magnificent job for us. But uh, last time we beat Arsenal without Casemiro, so um, we have to do it Sunday again. Just because I'm biased and I like a little bit of violence, I'm going to start off with Bruce. Bruce, mm-hmm. Ten Hag says the other time there was no Casemiro. Yes, so the Red Devils showed you was boss, and they are going to do it again this weekend. What do you have to say about that? They have to win the very first one. And this time we are getting them, we are going to be able to them. It's good Casemiro is not there. So it won't be like, oh, the first one we didn't have Casemiro, the second one we have it. We don't have him on both locations. They're going to do their job. You sound... The best option is a draw. <laughs> wow, you sound so confident. Justice, do you have anything to say to your Arsenal friend? Uh, it helps. It helps that one of the particular parts of our midfield is we won't be able to feature in the game. 